Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there, welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars show from a galaxy really exceptionally close, actually. It's one thing that we pride ourselves on, being so close to our listeners in the same galaxy. I'm Mark Asquith, one of your hosts, not the best looking of the two hosts. And as usual, this week is, is the master of disaster. The Apollo Creed to my Rocky. Mr. T, Mr. S... Mr. Q and Mr. W, it is Mr. Gary Ailett. How are you doing, dude? <laughs> I'm really good, thank you, buddy. That's uh, that's an interesting intro for me, thank you, Mr. I've not been compared to Apollo Creed before. Well, so you know, you're as you are as tough. You've got the stature, um, you've got the you've got the reach, and I'm sure you've got the punch power as well. I didn't want to say, but yeah, you are you are correct <laughs> on all those counts. Of well. Uh, Mr. Mr. Cow Weathers popped into my head, of course, because of the Mandalorian, which we're going to get to in a little while. Uh oh, he popped into my head. But we've got a bit of a news-filled show this week, haven't we? Do we've? Uh, it's kind of a. Uh, we were talking about it on Slack earlier. We've, we've. It's just news, 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 news. So if you listen out there, the ever-present listener, number one, thank you so much for being that ever-present listener. But number two, it is just going to be a news session this week as we ramp up to the Rise of Skywalker, of course. Rumours abound. We've had Disney Plus launch. Jedi Fallen Order is going to be landing digitally on Gaz's Xbox or PlayStation, whichever it is later, and it's going to be landing in my hand later. And I'm going to be spending the entire weekend updating it, which is going to be wonderful. So, Gaz, you definitely win on that front. So it is going to be a news-centric episode today. But before we dive in, thank you. Massive shout-out to all of our patrons. I appreciate you. Gaz appreciates you. Everyone that listens to the show I know appreciates you because you guys make this possible. And if you if you want to join that patronage, if you want to become a supporter of the show and maybe even get some of those exclusive exec producer credits on the show, maybe get some of that fancy Spark of Rebellion swag if you want to come and join us for the random spotlight, then you can do that by checking out patreon.com forward slash Spark of Rebellion. And if you want to chat about the episode or anything that we talk about, whether we're talking... Right, wrong, or a load of old banter crap. You can let us know over on the socials. Go and check it out. Just search Spark Rebellion on the socials. Now, how are you doing, man? What's been going on? How's the Star Wars week been for you? Yeah, it's been good, buddy. You mentioned uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, I've got to tell you, man, I've already dived into it, bud. Damn. Yeah, so I ordered it um, digitally on the old Xbox, preloaded a couple of weeks back. It's been sitting there ready to rock and roll. So as soon as midnight clicked over last night... I was on it. I've played about two and a half hours of it. Mm, good. I'll, I'll tell you what, bud. It's freaking, it's just amazing. Like Respawn have absolutely nailed. I'm not going to go into too much because we're short on time, but it's it's just amazing. Every aspect, it's just brilliant. It's like the best uh-huh. Star Wars game you've played in years, trust me. 
Is it, you know what I'm like, I'm that guy. Is it story? Is a story good? <laughs> the story is top notch. Oh man. We're talking Dave Filoni-esque, awesome, like, it's just so good, mate. You're going to love bye, it. Yep. Bye, weekend, bye, bye, weekend. Oh, yeah. yep, yep, for sure. Phew. All right. I'm, I'm looking forward to digging into that then. Yeah, we should probably talk about that maybe next week then. We should do a bit of a uh, a, 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 a deep dive deep because you're the, you're the Star Wars gaming expert out of the pair of us. Um, so I'd be keen to get your technical thoughts on it and some of the how it fits into the history and the legacy of the Star Wars games. And I'll just throw in some of my superficial, yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, that's uh, and that's why this show's so good. Yeah, it's a lightsaber. It's blue. I like oh, it. It's got red hair. You don't see that often with a Jedi, do you? <laughs> Although yours is orange because you pre-ordered, so I like that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that'll be next week. So tune into the show and thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> well, what, what have you been up to, buddy? I did notice, because um, I do get the updates from Goodreads, mm. I noticed that you've um, you've purchased a particular book, which I've switched over to instantly. That's the other thing. I was going to read Alphabet Squadron, but I've now ditch that in um in an effort to try and get this book done before the rise of skywalker and i know you've picked it up too have you started it yep so resistance reborn mate i yeah. literally started it on wednesday finished it last night oh and this is thursday wow okay mate cool. rapid and it's not a long book you know it's maybe 230 sorry 295 pages long but dude I mean, this is a. Uh, 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 it, I saw. I saw another reviewer describe it as the Avengers Endgame of the Star Wars New X Star Wars Extended Universe, and it really is. I'm talking. If you've read anything, if you've played anything, if you've done anything else in the New Extended Universe, there is something here for you. I'm talking characters. I'm talking situations. You. It literally brings together Inferno Squad, Battlefront all of the Princess Leia novels. It brings together The Last Jedi, The Force Awakens. Like, there are characters interacting in this book that you never thought you would see interacting, and it's legitimised the entire canon. But the really cool thing with this, it, it, it kind of... It's one of those that, if you're a fan, it's a must-read, because you're just... Like, as an example, you know, you got... You, you, there's no secret, it's on the cover. You've got Wedge Antilles back. And you just think to yourself, that how is this going to happen? If you've read the Aftermath books, you know what's going on. And it's ju it's just very well done. But even though it's vital, I believe, to the story of the rise of Skywalker, I don't think it'll detract from it if you haven't read it. It's one of those really kind of well put together books where if you're a deep fan, you're going to be like, right, okay, that that's the sitch. Um, and and it's it's very very interesting. I won't ruin it and I, I won't spoil it, but it just it it will bring together everything that you've expected. Um, and there'll be you know people in there that that you would not expect. So, yeah, just just get ready for it, man. It's quick. It's 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 the first half is just very surprising and then the second half is kind of set up for the Rise of Skywalker. So, yeah, we need to do a session on that as well. Super duper, man. Sounds good. Going to dig into All right. that. Yep. Cool. Let's dive in because we've got a lot to rattle through this week. We do have a lot. So, the first up, Disney Plus, which obviously made Huge, huge, huge waves and headlines this week when it launched in the US and I think in Holland, like in, in the Netherlands, which I thought was a bit weird. Or was it Finland or somewhere like that? Mm -hmm. And it, it it crashed. Like, you brought the servers down. You know, you think Disney would spend a little bit on a, on a, on a on, you know, digital ocean, you know, get them, get them rigged up. But, <laughs> uh, yep. yeah, exactly. Get get down a go, daddy. Get down a one, two, three, Reg. And it, uh, it crashed the servers. A couple of bugs with it. But Disney Plus launched. In the US, obviously, you and I here in the UK, um, we've not got Disney Plus, um, so I'm not sure if we've 
seen The Mandalorian. Um, or not. No, I mean, what? No. So, we don't have Disney+, Plus, but apparently it's coming to the UK in March. And you're right. You put this on the Trello board. UK Star Wars fans are moaning that this is too long to wait for The Mandalorian. And rightly so, in my mind. Rightly so. Um, so it's coming in March. No doubt you and I will get a subscription. But uh, what do you make of the wait, bro? Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. You have to see both sides of the coin. I can see that Disney just want to get this out there. They want to start making money, making revenue off of it, you know. Um, but the uh, the other side of the coin, the other thing, is that I feel like a this could have been done. This could have been a worldwide launch very easily next year. So you know, March next year or whatever. Um, that could have been you know a global thing. Everybody's happy then. Uh, but B, this feeds into the wider thing, and this is something that we spoke about over the last couple of weeks, is that the Star Wars universe is very crowded this time of year. You would have thought, from Disney's point of view, that all the focus would have been on the rise of Skywalker because of the, however you look at it, the crap show that was The Last Jedi. They've really got some ground to make up. So this is going into a wider conversation about content release and schedules and stuff, but I think The Mandalorian... And however good it is, could have been postponed to next year. They could have focused everything on the rise of Skywalker. That's the king of the hill. And then early next year, launch Disney Plus globally with the Mandalorian to everybody and stuff. So that's my view on it. I do think it's a long wait. And it just reinforces the whole pirated uh, thing that, you know, that's not, not great. You know, I think it's the most pirated show on the Pirate Bay website. Which is, that does not surprise you know, me. No. Uh, in, in, in any... In any stretch. And uh, I, I, I totally agree with you from, from that standpoint. I think just looking at it from another couple of standpoints, number one, this is probably just a licensing thing. You know, they've probably just got to get out of some licenses with Netflix and, and other people in different territories. And I think the second thing is I totally agree with you on one hand about the marketing of The Rise of Skywalker, but at the, at the other side of the coin, like what better way of ramping up Star Wars fandom um, who might have been burned by The Last Jedi, what better way to warm people up than by giving them something so good as The Mandalorian before it and just kind of giving a little bit of faith back into it. Um, in particular, like I, I, I'm not going to ask you know anything else, but I'm sure that you know that The Mandalorian is exceptional quality from the reviews <laughs> that you've probably seen. But, um, you know, you've got to look at that. Like Dave Filoni has directed that first episode, you know, and some of the stuff that... Um, we'll not spoil it, but some of the stuff that is apparently happening in The Mandalorian, like it's huge spoiler stuff. Like how is the UK market, if you are not one of the naughty people that gets it off a of Pirate Bay, how are people going to wait in the UK? Because, um, you know, from what I can tell, huge, huge spoilers. Yeah, from you episode know? one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's danger zone, you know? Of course, that's Kenny Loggins territory. Before you, be, yeah, it's like, how can you not? I mean, I'm trying my hardest to stay off of. And every time I go through my YouTube uh, subscriptions, like, you know, at lunchtime, have a look through all of the Star Wars channels that I follow. I just can't bloody watch most of them because they're all reviewing episode one and episode two's out this week. So they're going to be doing that as well. So for UK peeps, man, it's tough. I mean, we're not, not playing the crybaby card. You know, it's cool. You know, first world problems and all that. But crikey, it's difficult, man. Yeah. It is, and some of those unscrupulous people will end up on Pirate Bay. Of course, we do not condone that on Spark Rebellion. Pay seven quid, 
um, and wait till March. So that's The Mandalorian and Disney Plus coming out early 2020. I don't even know where to go with this next one, dude, because it's literally on straight on the back of that one. And I, I almost <laughs> do not want to dig into this one. So, so here's the sitch, right? Here's the sitch. There were no early reviews of The Mandalorian. So there was no review embargo in so far as press screeners. The people that did see only saw the first 30 minutes. Now, having heard what happens at the end of episode one, I absolutely understand this. I want, and I'm, I'm guessing you have heard as well. Yes, I've heard. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> the, there was a, 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 you know, there's essentially a review embargo and everything. You know, the press screeners go out, and and you'll get a review embargo until maybe the day before release, just to build that little bit of buzz. You know, get the critic feedback and so on and so forth. That didn't happen with the Mandalorian, and a lot of people are saying it's because it's crap. It's not very good. It's a big budget waster. And, you know, I think people are a little bit worried because obviously the negatives get a hold of people. Um, having heard what happens and based on the quality that I can uh, attest to being out there from some of the screenshots that you see in some of the reviews, I don't think that's the case. And now I'm starting to see, based on the ending that is apparently um, kicking in episode one, I can see why they didn't want the press to see this. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people are bashing Disney and Lucasfilm for this, for saying we should have, you know, because the normal process with most television shows is they send out screeners. So I used to have this um, with my Doctor Who podcast uh, a couple of years ago. Um, we had a good relationship with the BBC and we were on there preview thing so we used to get a, a, an early draft of the episode like a week before it went out so that we could put our review together and so on um so that's generally how that works so it gives the reviewers plenty of time to digest it get their thoughts together and give a proper honest review instead of that knee-jerk reaction i've just seen it it's amazing or it's terrible without properly digesting it but they're saying that they didn't do that because they're worried that the press were going to just bash it and tear it to pieces but in actual fact, it's, uh, they did the same thing with the Fallen Order game. Exactly the same thing. They embargoed all of the reviews until the day it launched or the day before because there's so many big spoilers or potential big spoilers in that as well. That's all it is. It's just protecting that ecosystem. Mm -hmm. It's just very spoiler-centric Star Wars at the moment. So it's just that. I don't think there's anything in it. I don't think Disney were kind of sitting there, you know, sipping brandy like, so what are we going to do, boys? It's not looking good. Are we going to shut them down? It's not, you know... It's just to protect, you know, spoiler and stuff. It really is, yeah, because when you look at if if you if you've got the stomach for spoilers, you'll find this online. Um, when you realise the ending of the first episode, if that got out, it would it would be a it'd be a stopper. You know, it'd be a stopper that you 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 couldn't you couldn't come back from it. You would be gutted. That oh, absolutely, seen it. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yep. yeah, I agree, brother. I think that's uh, I think that's exactly exactly why they did it. So, let's just all stop whining and being so negative about it. You know, The Mandalorian <laughs> has got amazing reviews. If you look at IMDb, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, consensus is that it's pretty bloody outstanding. So, yeah, uh, if you've seen it, you've seen it. If you've not, don't worry about the lack of reviews. Uh, next up, my man, then, we've got uh, Carrie Fisher, the delightful Princess Leia, our Princess, General, and Senator, and... You know, we were, we were discussing um, a while ago how Star Wars 
perhaps more recently has not quite felt like Star Wars. And I've got a few kind of, you know, you came up with a few notions for that and I've been pondering it myself, which is something I want to get into on one, one of the other episodes. But one of the mainstays of this entire saga, of the entire franchise, of everything that has gone on around the, this thing Lucas created 40, 50 years ago has been Princess Leia. And, you know, this is the last film in the saga. Obviously, a tragic passed away in 2016, Christmas 2016. Uh, you know, what what are we to expect with The Rise of Skywalker? Well, apparently now her screen time has been revealed. So you'll, you'll remember they cobbled together unseen footage, kind of deleted scenes, B-roll, you know, whatever it is from, from The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. And the screen time has been revealed, I think by her son, as eight minutes, around eight minutes, which... You know, I understand. I understand them not wanting to de-age, not wanting to kind of do anything with CGI. I understand them not wanting to do that out of complete respect. Um, but I've got mixed thoughts on this. Uh, as a fan, you know, I, I can see both sides of the coin here. I, I wish she was in it more. Number one, just purely from a selfish perspective, to 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 see the story properly finished. Um, but obviously, every other part of me is respectful of everything else that has come before it. Um, so I, I completely understand this. And one interesting spin on this, or one interesting reveal was, and this is, I don't know if this is a potential spoiler or not, but just a heads up, apparently Leia was going to be the Jedi. She was going to have her own lightsaber. It was going to be revealed that she had had the training. And some of the books, um, certainly around the Battle of Endor time, had showcased that Leia had had a little bit of a training with uh, Luke prior to getting pregnant with Ben. And this, theoretically, I guess, would have shown them picking this back up, this training. She would have had her own lightsaber, picked up on some of the powers that she alluded to with the Mary Poppins moment in Last Jedi. Love it or hate it, she had the Force. Um, just a lot to dig into on this. It's essentially a two-line throwaway kind of comment. There's a heck of a lot to dig into. So what do you make of this, man? Yeah, it's interesting, this one, because I think everybody, I think everybody would have loved to have seen what they would have done with that particular storyline. I think we covered that in one of the fan theories a few shows back where, yeah, she was essentially meant to have gone through the training and not in secret, but just not on screen. So when it came to, you know, the crap hitting the fan in this movie, she sort of comes to the forefront and, you know, takes hold of the title of self-proclaimed Jedi, I suppose. So that would have been awesome to, to see that. It would have been it really awesome. really would. Like, that would have been a Captain America Mjolnir moment, wouldn't it? That would oh, have been yeah, like, a, yeah. you are kidding me. This is badass. Of course, yeah. And just imagine all of the um, all, all of the stuff that happened around Star Wars when A New Hope came out way back in the 70s. And it was one of those moments where everybody loved the fact that we had a strong female in a, in a blockbuster film. So to have that come full circle and for her to be the one to, you know, close out that series of strength and, you know, it would just, it would have been amazing. So, yeah, I would have loved that. But I can absolutely see why they've done this because the the CG that they had in Rogue One for, for Leia at the end, it wasn't bad, but there's no way you could have, you could have run with that. In, in, have you... In, um- Sorry to interrupt there, but I, I totally agree with that. But I, and again, sorry to interrupt, but I, did, have you seen Terminator Dark Fate? Yes. What? How good is that de-aging? That's, well, that is impressive. Yes. But you couldn't do a full film of it, is what you're saying. But I was, was going to say, yeah, yeah. The odd scene is okay. And I think what they did with Tarkin was 
was pretty impressive in Rogue One. Yeah. That was not too bad. But I think it just would have been, from a disrespectful point of view towards mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher, that, that aside. So I think this is a good shout, just to re-engineer some of the scenes and lost uh, deleted scenes from the other films and cleverly put that in, I think is a better way to go than try and over-egg the pudding and everyone just like, oh, this looks terrible. So, But it's it it's one of those you know, eternal questions that everyone's, you know, what would it have been like to see Leia, you know, wield a lightsaber and, you know, it would have been amazing, but yeah, eight minutes is not a long time, admittedly, but there we go. No, it's not. Although having said that, I think eight minutes is around Spider-Man time in Infinity War, which didn't feel like it wasn't enough, you know? Yeah, true. Yeah. So, yeah, true. you know, we'll see. We'll see. But, and, 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 you know, like I said, from a selfish perspective, I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I'd seen that. But every other yeah. part of me is, is completely understanding of it. And, and I, I get that. I mean, you wouldn't want, because it's not just the CG, it's not just the face replacement, it's the voice. Yes. It's, you know, you're not, you're essentially recasting this character. And I think, you know, that if you just look at that in plain black and white broad strokes, recast or not recast, it becomes a complete no-brainer to just not touch it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, no one else embodies that character like Carrie Fisher does. No one else ever will. No one else ever could. And it's, um, if you're J.J. Abrams, it's almost a, a, a just, it, this is a complete no-brainer from day one. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably see that stuff in a book or a video game or something in the future. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a fair play, man. That's a fair play. So, Let's move on. The Red Sith Stormtroopers. Now, it's interesting that these are called Sith Troopers. This is it is interesting to me because one other bit of uh, news has apparently leaked, which is that these little bad boys can use the Force. They can use the Force. I don't want to. Don't know what I make of this, dude. I, I I actually don't like this. The <laughs> the you know, like the Force is just becoming like water, isn't it? It's like everyone's got it. You know, it, it just feels a bit like. Unsith. Do you know what I mean? It does feel unsith like, yeah. I mean, there is a fine line, I think, with this is a podcast show all on its own, so I'm not gonna go too deep, but the whole essence of the force, I think, is a very detailed and uh, unfortunately has become a bit of a subjective viewpoint for the Star Wars story group. Um it reminded me actually when I finished the the Plagueis book a month or so ago. Um, there's quite a, a lot of chat around midichlorians in that book, um, which I hadn't heard in a while since um, uh, uh, The Phantom Menace and whatnot. And so there, there could be stuff around that, around their midichlorian count, because one of the stories we're going to get onto if we've got time is around uh, a certain conversation between two people about midichlorians. So it could have something to do with that, but I think there's a fine line. I think something like The Inquisitors... Mm-hmm. They're, that that's a cool idea to me where they've been trained to use the force but they're never going to be sith lords or anything like that you know they've that that's their sole purpose because they have to hunt down and kill jedi they have to have some kind of counter power they can't just have standard weapons so that's cool but i think with stormtroopers or sith troopers in this case that just feels like a bit like you've you've dished out the candy like too frivolously it's like you know, the force is like a, a a thing that's special between certain people. And now it's just like, yeah, everyone can have it if you want. And that doesn't feel, I agree with you, mate. It doesn't feel like it's the right thing to do. 
No, and it feels very much super soldier. Like, what's the way that we can enhance soldiers to make them quicker and faster and have better reflexes and become unstoppable against the normal stormtroopers? Well, let's make them use this one gambit that we've got in the universe. Um, and we'll, we'll actually go into that, into the midichlorians, because one of the other news articles uh, that came out this week... Um, was interesting because you, you know what you know what the Star Wars fandom is like when it comes to midichlorians. Some people love it and buy into it. Some people hate it. The 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 the, the consensus is that it's not a great thing. Um, but the idea is that if you look at what Lucas said in the past, you know this is two sides of the coin. You've got the biological side of the force. You've got the mystical side of the force. Kind of been explored a little bit with the living force. Qui Gon was a lot more in touch with the living force as was Ezra Bridger. Then you've got the more mystical side of the force. Um, the more kind of physical side of the force, so people like Yoda and, and, and so on and so forth, were perhaps were a little bit more in touch with that side of it and the cosmic force. But this idea that midichlorians are these little biological beings that help us to connect with the force apparently has been revisited. A certain J.J. Abrams met with a certain George Lucas and apparently they talked about the rise of Skywalker and up came midichlorians, particularly the theory goes well not the theory but I guess it's someone trying to connect some dots is that right we know Palps is back Palpatine's back Rise of Skywalker who does he know that told him he could manipulate life and life and death well Darth Plagueis he did the thing with Shmi you know I don't want to say what he did <laughs> but he uh, did the did the deed and uh, Anakin was generated from midichlorians blah 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 so are the midichlorians the way that he can retain his life force Whatever. That's the that's the whole premise of this. Hopefully, it's bunkum, because I think it's too... Personally, I feel it's too much to explain in one film where there's already that much going on. Um, but again, there's precedent for it in Revenge of the Sith and so on. So again, what do you make of this one, dude? Yeah, interesting this, because uh, we can't really uh, tear apart our, our maker, or the maker, sorry. Um, you know responsible for everything pretty much but that doesn't mean that his ideas are all amazing so the midichlorians i just you know i hate to be i hate to be one of the guys that jumps on the negative bandwagon you know just and it's not for the sake of it i genuinely think that the midichlorians is just a just a bit of a bad idea to most of you i love the fact that the force is kept to that mystical you know you have to that there's a certain essence you know, your, whatever it is in a chi, your life force, whatever that has a, a pure mystical connection with the force. And that's it. I don't like the fact that there's this middleman, this little biological blood, uh, problem or potential problem that you've got. So I'm not a fan of it, but you know, Abrams did say that he did have a chat with George Lucas when they were going through and talking about these films and so on. And he did say that they spoke a lot of, about a lot of things about the nature of the force and the themes that he was dealing with when he was writing his movies and he said, yes, there were some conversations about midichlorians. He loves his midichlorians. So George Lucas is obviously really into this stuff, but I can see why they keep it at arm's reach because it's just another one of those things where the fans are going to destroy it. So, But I don't like it personally. No, likewise. I think it just it demysticizes the force a little bit. And, I, you know, for me, I'm, I'm into this stuff. I love that whole, wow, yeah, that's okay. That's an explanation for this thing. But it just, I feel like it puts it in terms that we understand as humans that understand our day-to-day -day lives, whereas before it was like, ooh, space adventure, mystical. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like saying the Thundercats were actual cats. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like, oh, no, Lionel did use... So Lionel's from Dublin Zoo. 
<laughs> and he fell. You know the ooze from the turtles? Yeah, he fell into that and then Thundercats. Like, it's just, it's connecting it to things that we can relate to, which I think is pointless. Um, that is a disclaimer. That's not a spoiler for the Thundercats movie. That is not the origin story of Lion But, you know, we'll see how that goes. And speaking of speaking of the Rise of Skywalker and, and the creator, Mr. Lucas, apparently... <laughs> Uh, again, I don't know what to make of this one. I'm sure you'll have a good good chuckle at this one with me, but apparently he's been called in. To s- <laughs> can you imagine that, can't you? Called in. Uh, hello, George Lucas. Yo, Abrams, having a bit of problems <laughs> with these test screenings of The Rise of Skywalker. Are you busy? Do you mind nipping in? Like this is the this is the idea. So there's a story flying around doing the rounds that apparently the test screenings of Rise of Skywalker are a and I'm quoting a disaster, and. Apparently, Lucas has been called in to fix them, which is curious given the last chat that we just had and the last point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This seems a bit much, doesn't it? I mean, there's one thing saying it's uh, sorry, Last Jedi divisive, and there's another, there's a whole other thing in saying it's a disaster. It feels like rubbish, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, th- we have to be careful here because none of this is, uh, this is all rumour. This is yeah. a complete rumour, so we have to be careful here. But I absolutely love the fact that if it's true <laughs> that they've called George Lucas, he must be sitting there like absolutely just living his best life at the minute. Because he did go on public, uh, I think it was a few weeks back, not that long ago, saying that he felt slightly betrayed by Disney because he had all these great ideas. And and at the time, I think they said something like, yeah, you know, we're we agree with you. You know, we're on the same page. What you've, all that treatment that you worked up for these films. Yeah, we, we love that. And then, you know, they just binned it as soon as he walked out the door and, you know, did their own thing. So for them to then call him and say, yeah, about that. Um, yeah, we know we binned off all your ideas and everything, but you got a five minutes chat, have a coffee. Cause uh, yeah, we've been, we're stuck. <laughs> so he, he must be, his face when he walked into that office must, they must be like, oh shit. It's happened Look again. Look he's face. a little bit like David Brent when he's in the hotel room. If they want me to come back, yeah. it will, and it will cost yeah. them. You know, what I mean, Lucas is like, oh, is dude, it, that's perfect, isn't it? Oh man, you can imagine him like two years time opening opening new documentary. Um, you know, George Lucas behind the scenes, first scene. It was a stitch up. You take one guy doing a good job of work. Oh god, and then he's yeah, he's in the hotel room like, and that's when the begging starts. Yeah. But this is going to cost you. This is going to... <laughs> I am not a plonker. All right. All right, George Lucas. Oh, man. But this is amazing, though. If this is true, I, I'm in love with this this story. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's a curious one because you, um, you've got to think that no one understands the Skywalkers like Lucas does, regardless of anything else in the Star Wars universe. And I know the people have been, um, you know, con- not necessarily consulting, but running the idea of certain things in in other mediums like The Mandalorian, past Lucas, and he's just like, yeah, seems fine. You know, from the rumours that you hear about that stuff, he's just like, yeah, I mean, that's like, that's kind of your thing. Like Dave Filoni, you know, there's a, a, a report came out yesterday that Filoni is treated and thought of like a son by Lucas. So he knows that this is in good hands. Like everything else that's going on, he knows. But the Skywalker stuff, you just got to think that if anyone is struggling with the Skywalker stuff, you're going to come back to Lucas and that's mm. going to cost you. <laughs> yeah, the problem is, though, of course, is that because of the um, the Last Jedi, um, 
everything to do with the Skywalkers has, has now been written into a, a very big, deep hole. Mm-hmm. So regardless of who comes in, yeah, I, I don't know how they're going to reverse that stuff. You can't have a big reset button. You can't be like, oh, it was all a dream or it was all, you know, superficial. Or the You know, it's so difficult now to re- rectify that stuff with, with Luke or the Skywalker name in general. So whoever has come in or is going to fix it, I don't want that. Jo- I wouldn't want that job, dude. No, me neither. No, You're going to divide people, and I think that's 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 pending the opinion that um, you know the, the the last Jedi did quote unquote break stuff. That's not us saying that. That's just kind of saying you know to, to in order to be able to rectify something, it has to be perceived to have gone wrong. And you know we don't know. Disney might not think that, and you know I'm sure these these test screenings being a quote unquote disaster is way over the over the top. Yeah. Um, but he's not innocent of everything because he's been at it again. Hasn't he? The oh, no. uh, the bloody <laughs> Disney Plus, you know that Disney Plus seems pretty sweet. Um, but apparently, if you watch A New Hope, not only uh, did Greedo shoot first this time, not Han. Apparently, has a little a little bit of a squeal and a scream about it. <laughs> so Lucas has gone back. The story is that Lucas made this change pre Disney acquisition. You can imagine. All right, Bob, listen up. I know you're going to buy this for billions. It's just one thing. It's one thing that I've got left to do. One thing. And what he's done is he's gone back to the famous cantina scene where Han originally shot first, and now it's been edited that Greedo shot first. He's now added Greedo throwing in a really weird, like, screech or a scream, and he's just apparently saying the word, McClunkey. It's like, McClunkey. McClunkey. What, what is this? What's going on? It's, it's just ridiculous. I mean, like you said, he, you know, he's the man, but he's he's it's impossible for him not to make big boo-boos, and I think this is one of them. It's just ridiculous. I mean, you can imagine if there was, like, updates to the films, if you think about it as if you're a developer as, like, a Git kind of thing, there must be, like, a billion branches that George Lucas has created all ready to yeah. be merged in there, just keeping it arm's length. And there's like, no nah, man, this master branch is pretty safe right now. Let's keep it. And he's like, no, nah, just one more, one more merge, please. One more pull request. And you can it imagine just, the, uh, the release notes for that, can't you? It's just George Lucas doing a little, like, um, a little kind of face of himself in Unicode text and yeah. just with the word lol in a speech bubble. <laughs> well, uh, no, <laughs> it's one, one more, one more change, you know, one, one more change. This is going to cost him. <laughs> It's ridiculous, though, because Isn't it? when do you stop? When do you stop making changes? I mean, it's an independent film, after all. He can do whatever the hell he likes. Oh, he did do whatever he liked, you know. But oh, I don't know, man. It's just one of the most con- – it's the controversial – one of the most controversial scenes from all of the Star Wars films. It's become such a massive – meme and everything you know Han shot first why would you tamper with it even more if you know that it already upsets the majority of fandom why mm-hmm. the hell would you then mess with it anymore it just it's beyond ridiculous it really is. i love it how they didn't do anything with it as well it was just like yeah we're just gonna put this here <laughs> and we're just gonna yeah if people see it people see it but let's not make a big deal about it and then like day one of disney plus everyone's like Haha, found it found it found this is like hours after it had launched. So you just know for a fact someone's gone, Star Wars fan, subscribe, New Hope, start from the beginning, watch them through to the Rise of Skywalker, in release order, 
15, 20 minutes in, McClunky, and you're out. You know what I mean? You're cancelling your subscription. That's it. I'm done. I'm back, I'm back to the old DVDs or the VHS that I've got. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, ironically, McClunky. It is a real... It is clunky as well, the way it's been cut. It is really clunky. Oh, God. Doesn't look good at all. Well, thanks, George. This is going to cost you. God, pizza. I don't know. Right, let's shift on. We've got uh, a few little bits of news that are coming up. Um, really interesting one uh, from Iger. Bob Iger, uh, Disney boss, confirming uh, The Rise of Skywalker will be the last movie for a while now in the uh, in the, in the Star Wars slate. I think it's been pretty well documented over the last couple of weeks that you know perhaps Disney feels that they've done a little bit too much too soon with with Star Wars. But I mean, if you think about it. You know, The Force Awakens, Solo, Last Jedi, Rogue One, Rise of Skywalker. It feels a lot, but it is only one film a year. You know, if you think Marvel, they managed this. So it's not... I don't feel like the bit off more they can chew. I don't think there's a... I know there is the argument that there's potentially, like, franchise fatigue. But then you've got Marvel doing what they do under the same house. And you just think... It, you know, to slow this slate down, to slow down releases, it makes it feel like they, unlike Marvel, they perhaps just didn't think it through well enough in the early days. So they were committed to the release schedules, and obviously we know about the Obi Wan stuff and the the Boba Fett movie turning into the Mandalorian, or, or, or potentially always having been the Mandalorian. Um, it, it just feels like they've acknowledged a misstep early on, as opposed to changing it now and saying, well, actually, now we're going to take a step back. It makes it, makes it feel like they've just recognised that they did cock up in the earlier days. Um, would you agree with that, or am I totally, totally off with that? No, no, I agree, mate. Yeah, and I think um, just, yeah, a quick thought on this one is that although there is a good story group at Star Wars, and I think there are some very, very good, talented, passionate people that want to tell good Star Wars stories, unfortunately when Lucas handed it all over, Disney just saw like dollar signs and they just sprinted full speed into, you know, every year it's going to be this, it's going to be that, all that stuff. And it's just, I don't think it's fatigue. I think it's just, you haven't haven't got your foundation down properly. You haven't got your plan, your game plan. You just, you know, came out the traps full speed. And now it's only that you're kind of, uh, near the near the finish line but now you're just fatigued as hell not franchise fatigued but the effort into making all this stuff and managing it properly like marvel do and all that stuff you're just you're whacked out so now you need a rest that's what i think yeah good shout man i don't disagree with that it it's very clear that there's uh you know that there's a, a difference between marvel and star wars in that marvel when they first launched you know they, they, they did what they're doing now because they didn't have the temple characters you know, their Luke Skywalker, e.g. Spider-Man, was elsewhere. You know, it was, and the X-Men, they were off. The biggest, arguably the biggest, most recognisable characters were elsewhere. But you can't do that with Luke Skywalker. You can't do that with Princess Leia or Han Solo. So when you bring these characters back, like you know, like you said, they've not, they've not quite got the bedrock. You know, they were fortunate with Marvel to be able to build the bedrock on characters that no one expected to go as well as they did. Whereas with this, there was always that level of expectation that we never quite saw Luke fulfil everything that we thought it was going to do. So in these last two movies, we thought he was going to do that. And, you know, that, that's one example of, of, of it. Um, there's so much to unpack with this one. But, yeah, I, I think it's a great move. I think the fact that they've got Disney Plus streaming now, we've got Obi-Wan coming out, we've got um, The Mandalorian, it, it, it feels 
it just feels like a better approach. Let's slow it down. Let's do quality. Let's add to it. It's just a shame, of course, that the Skywalker saga has been so divisive in its in its in its last third. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens. We'll see what happens with that. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I think For the, sure. Yeah, the Disney streaming thing is uh, is going to help as well. I think there's going to be plenty of content, just not the big blockbuster film stuff for a little while i agree man uh, yeah i don't think we're going to starve and i think the no. books will do a lot i think there's going to be a lot more comics a lot more books because they want to milk this franchise as much as they can they want to milk the ip on the brand let's be honest um which uh which interests me So, let's stick a pin in it there. We're a little bit short on time today, so you, the ever-present listener, thank you for bearing with us. It was just a really big news week this week. There just seemed to be that much stuff going on. Let's be honest, we barely touched The Mandalorian. We've barely touched Jedi Fallen Order, which I'm sure we'll get to next week. Um, a bit of a heads up on what's coming up next week. We've got uh, a little bit of news about a Star Wars toy from the 1970s, which is sold for a ridiculous amount at auction. We've also got a little bit more from Abrams himself on the way he approached the rise of Skywalker and perhaps a potential surprise or actually maybe for anyone that uh, is a bit of a Star Wars geek maybe not so much of a surprise that uh, a certain person within the Star Wars story group seems to have a little bit more power influence and respect than maybe we thought so a couple of uh, really interesting news stories to get to next week we've got an interesting discussion point coming up next week which which centres around everyone's favourite little blue and white astromech Mr. R2-D2 so we'll get to all of that next week and uh, just check it out on Patreon you know if you want to get those exec producer credits if you want to come on the show and record the random spotlight with us you can do all of that and more by supporting the show over on Patreon every dollar every penny every monies that we make we put back in to the show to make it even better for you so thank you to everyone that supports us and check it out patreon.com forward slash spark or rebellion thank you for listening I've been Mark Asquith Gary thank you sir always a pleasure to chat of course always um, great to get our weekly Star Wars fix because by talking to each other about Star Wars we're not annoying our friends and family so all good (laughs) it's a public service (laughs) now listen guys it's been a a real pleasure thank you so much for joining us Gaz adios my man adios have a good week guys we'll speak to you next week until then may the force be with you always always